Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Welcome to another episode of 1001 Heroes, Legends, Histories, and Mysteries. This one titled, Our Canine Heroes. This episode is dedicated to the service dogs and handlers who put their lives on the line for us every day, performing hundreds of tasks that most of us aren't even aware of, from sniffing out explosives to unmasking drug smugglers, confronting armed lawbreakers, assisting police and federal agents, and fighting on the front lines against foreign enemies, international and domestic. They willingly accept the training and the duty without complaint, wanting only to know they've served well. They are smart. They have extraordinarily keen senses. They never waver or hesitate in the face of danger. They are truly man's best friend. If you are listening to this one and have a dog anywhere nearby, you might want to get their attention. Here's some help. Even though they may not understand everything we will say here, it is still amazing what they can hear and sense. Je suis chien, by the way, is French and means I am dog. Millions of Twitter followers showed an amazing solidarity over the loss of a police dog in Paris last year. And we'll get to that story in a moment. I grew up with dogs, and like many of you listeners, I prefer dogs to most, if not all, animals on Earth. How could you not love a dog? They are loyal to a fault. They're always happy to see you. They want to protect you and your family. There are so many stories out about dogs who have saved people's lives and dogs that help mend broken hearts and broken people that no one book could hold them all. Growing up, I had a Springer Spaniel named Duke, a Black Labrador named Mike, a German Shepherd named Gimli, and lastly, a Cocker Spaniel named Shiloh, who helped raise the kids and became an irreplaceable part of the family. I say irreplaceable because his loss was so hard for us to take that we never could get another dog. I know they say to get another, there's lots of dogs out there that need a family. But we just couldn't. It's been nine years now. I believe that all dogs go to heaven, 
and I pray that when my time comes, Shiloh and the rest of the four-legged crew will be there, tails wagging, sticks and tennis balls ready for tossing. You may or may not be a fan of dogs. Maybe you're a cat person. But in that case, you'll have a long wait before there are enough hero cat stories to fill a 30-minute show. On the 18th of November, 2015, in Paris, the afternoon headline and accompanying photograph read like this. This heartbreaking photograph shows the heroic police dog Diesel moments before her death. The seven-year-old Belgian shepherd died this morning in a firefight with suspected ISIS militants behind the Paris massacre who were holed up in a flat. Tributes quickly poured in to the much-loved canine who had been decorated with service medals after a distinguished career in the force. One police handler said, It was like losing one of our colleagues. While a Twitter user said, Diesel had died to defend our colors. Diesel's death sparked a wave of mourning across social media under the Twitter hashtag, hashtag Je suis chien, and hashtag I am Diesel. The hashtag, which means I am dog and was trending in the millions on Twitter, followed after the worldwide cry of solidarity, Je suis Charlie, in the wake of the terror attacks on Charlie Hebdo magazine in January. Diesel was one of the thousands of dogs who are indispensable to the work of the men and women who are paid to defend our lives and our freedoms. Diesel's story, and that of other canines who have given their last measure to save lives and defend our freedoms, is told here. France is mourning the death of a police dog named Diesel. This photo shows her just moments before she was killed. The seven-year-old Belgian shepherd was sent in to sniff out booby traps ahead of a raid on suspected ISIS militants Wednesday. Tributes to Diesel have been pouring in online, and now the hashtag, Je suis chien, or I am dog, has been trending on social media. One of her handlers said it was like losing one of our colleagues. A female terrorist believed to be Abdelhamid Abouds, a jihadi bride or cousin, blew herself up with a suicide vest, and another suspect died during the six-hour siege that day in November of 2015 in St. Denis, in the northern suburbs of Paris, France, where five people were taken alive and arrested. Two more suspects were held nearby. The suicide cousin charged out of the building, firing her AK-47 at the French National Police. The police told her to put her arms in the air, but she ignored them. At that time, she detonated her explosive-laden suicide vest, killing herself. According to reports from the Daily News, Diesel had been sent into the flat and was in the process of cornering the terrorist when he was killed by Brennicky slugs when the Special Forces team outside delivered a hail of over 5,000 rounds of gunfire into the building. Outside, the explosion from the detonated vest shattered windows down the street. State broadcaster France 2 claimed that the group was a fourth terrorist unit on top of the three who killed 129 people in Paris on Friday and were planning simultaneous attacks with AK-47s and bombs on Charles de Gaulle Airport and the Quatre Temps shopping center in the city's business district. In the days following the loss of Diesel, vet charity representatives at the PDSA say the French police dog will be posthumously commended with the Dickin Medal, which is recognized as the animal equivalent of the Victoria Cross. PDSA Director General Jean McLaughlin said, Following the tragic terrorist events in Paris last month, where many innocent people lost their lives, Diesel was instrumental in helping the French police locate and deal with the perpetrators. 
When news emerged of Diesel's death, there was a huge outpouring of grief. As guardians of the world's most prestigious animal awards program, we were inundated by messages from members of the public to recognize Diesel's heroism. The PDSA Dickin Medal recognizes conspicuous devotion to duty in the theater of conflict, and Diesel is a truly deserving recipient. His gallant actions help to protect human life in the face of imminent danger, and we are very proud to honor him in this way. The medal has been awarded to 30 dogs, including Diesel, 32 World War II messenger pigeons, three horses, and one cat since its introduction by PDSA founder Maria Dickin in 1943. Diesel's handler, who cannot be named for security reasons, described Diesel's actions in his final moments when he was sent into a flat thought to have included lead plotter Abdelhamid Aboud. He said, After a few minutes, we decided to send in Diesel to see if the zone was clear. He did a tour of the first room. Then he went into the second room and dashed forward. I think he'd found someone there. Then I lost sight of him, and the gunfire started again. His role was to open the way for the rest of us. He uses all his senses to detect if anyone is present, and if he can get to them, to go and bite them. If not, he stands and barks to indicate where the person is hiding. I had absolute confidence in him, and him in me. Both of us knew how the other would behave in the situation. At 10 a.m. local time, Diesel was pronounced dead from multiple gunshot wounds. In a heartwarming display of solidarity, Russia sent their French counterparts a puppy in an expression of sympathy over the terror attacks that claimed the lives of 130 people. Writing on her Instagram page, ministry spokeswoman Elena Alexeyeva added, The puppy is called Dobrynya, after a Russian epic knight who is a symbol of strength, kindness, bravery, and selfless help. Sniffer dogs like Diesel play a vital role in criminal and military probes. While the average human has around 5 to 10 million olfactory cells in their nose, a dog has as many as 200 million. Police have long trained canines to detect illicit substances, such as drugs, but in recent years, they've also been used in anti-terror and military operations to sniff out the smallest traces of explosive materials. Generally, Training will take place from a young age and involve rewarding them with a toy or treat when they encounter the scent, but it is vital that they are fully trained not to touch any substance they locate in case it is designed to explode on impact. Training will very often continue throughout their careers to ensure their skills are up to scratch. In the case of Diesel, she had apparently been used during the siege to sniff out improvised explosive devices that may have been set as booby traps at the entrance of the building by the jihadis. Dogs in warfare have a long history starting in ancient times, from war dogs trained in combat to their use as scouts, sentries, and trackers. Their uses have been varied, and some continue to exist in modern military usage. The first official use of dogs for military purposes in the United States was during the Seminole Wars. Hounds were used in the American Civil War to protect, send messages, and guard prisoners. Dogs were also used as mascots in American World War I propaganda and recruiting posters. In World War I, in the years 1914 through 1918, dogs were used by international forces to deliver vital messages. About a million dogs were killed in action. Sergeant Stubby, a Boston Bull Terrier, was the most decorated war dog of World War I and the only dog to be nominated for rank and then promoted to sergeant through combat. Stubby was a bull terrier who began his life learning how to survive picking trash morsels from garbage in the back alleys of New Haven, Connecticut. 
That was until one day in 1917 when he rambled onto the field at Yale University and was picked up by one of the young men training for combat. Private J. Robert Conroy found the brindle puppy with the short tail and named him Stubby, and soon the dog became the mascot of the 102nd Infantry, 26th Yankee Division. He learned the bugle calls, the drills, and even a modified dog salute as he put his right paw on his right eyebrow when a salute was executed by his fellow soldiers. Stubby had a positive effect on morale and was allowed to remain in the camp, even though animals were forbidden. When the division shipped out for France aboard the SS Minnesota, Private Conroy smuggled Stubby aboard. Hidden in the coal bin until the ship was far at sea, Stubby was brought out on deck where the sailors were soon won over by the canine soldier. Stubby was once again smuggled off the ship and was soon discovered by Private Conroy's commanding officer. The CO allowed Stubby to remain after Stubby gave him a salute. When the Yankee division headed for the front lines in France, Stubby was given special orders allowing him to accompany the division to the front lines as their official mascot. The 102nd Infantry reached the front lines on the 5th of February, 1918. Stubby soon became accustomed to the loud rifles and the heavy artillery fire. His first battle injury occurred from gas exposure. He was taken to a nearby field hospital and nursed back to health. The injury left him sensitive to the tiniest trace of gas. When the division was attacked in an early morning gas launch, most of the troops were asleep. Stubby recognized the gas and ran through the trench barking and biting at the soldiers, rousing them to sound the gas alarm, saving many from injury. Stubby also had a talent for locating wounded men between the trenches of the opposing armies. He would listen for the sound of English and then go to the location, barking until paramedics arrived or leading the lost soldiers back to the safety of the trenches. He even caught a German soldier mapping out the layout of the Allied trenches. The soldier called to Stubby, but he put his ears back and began to bark. As the German ran, Stubby chased him and bit him on the legs, causing the soldier to trip and fall. He continued to attack the man until the United States soldiers arrived. For capturing an enemy spy, Stubby was put in for a promotion to the rank of sergeant by the commander of the 102nd Infantry. He became the first dog to be given rank in the United States Armed Forces. Later, Stubby was injured during a grenade attack, receiving a large amount of shrapnel in his chest and leg. He was rushed to a field hospital and later transferred to a Red Cross recovery hospital for additional surgery. When Stubby became well enough to move around at the hospital, he visited wounded soldiers, boosting morale. By the end of the war, Stubby had served in 17 battles. He led the American troops in a pass and review parade and later visited with President Woodrow Wilson. He visited the White House twice and met Presidents Harding and Coolidge. Stubby was awarded many medals for his heroism, including a medal from the Humane Society, which was presented by General John Pershing, the commanding general of the United States Armies. He was awarded a membership in the American Legion and the YMCA. When his master, J. Robert Conroy, began studying law at Georgetown University, Stubby became the mascot of the Georgetown Hoyas. Stubby died in 1926. Between 1943 and 1945, the United States Marine Corps used dogs donated by their American owners in the Pacific Theater to help take islands back from the Japanese occupying forces. During this period, the Doberman Pinscher became the official dog of the USMC. However, all breeds of dogs were eligible to train to be war dogs of the Pacific. Of the 549 dogs that returned from the war, 
Only four could not be returned to civilian life. Many of the dogs went home with their handlers from the war. Chips was the most decorated war dog during World War II. Chips was a German Shepherd Collie Siberian Husky mix owned by Edward J. Wren of Pleasantville, New York. During the war, private citizens like Wren donated their dogs for duty. Chips shipped out to the War Dog Training Center in Front Royal, Virginia in 1942 for training as a sentry dog. He served with the 3rd Infantry Division in North Africa, Sicily, Italy, France, and Germany. His handler was Private John P. Rowell. Chips served as a sentry dog for the Roosevelt Churchill Conference in 1943. Later that year, during the invasion of Sicily, Chips and his handler were pinned down on the beach by an Italian machine gun team. Chips broke from his handler and jumped into the pillbox, attacking the gunners. The four crewmen were forced to leave the pillbox and surrendered to U.S. troops. In the fight, Chips sustained a scalp wound and powder burns. Later that day, he helped to take 10 Italians prisoner. For his actions during the war, he was awarded the Distinguished Service Cross, Silver Star, and Purple Heart. However, these awards were later revoked due to an Army policy preventing official commendation of animals. His unit unofficially awarded him a theater ribbon with an arrowhead for an assault landing and battle stars for each of his eight campaigns. Chips was discharged in December 1945 and returned to the Wren family, but was later given to the handler after the visit. In 1990, Disney made a TV movie based on his life entitled Chips the War Dog. Great Britain used hundreds of specially trained dogs in World War II, mostly trained to guard, patrol, and sniff out enemy mines, but some were even taught how to parachute in behind enemy lines. Brian, a two-year-old Collie Cross, was one of the most famous so-called paradogs and was awarded the PDSA Dickin Medal for his service. During the D-Day landings, Brian and several other animals dropped into France under heavy enemy anti-aircraft fire. He survived the war and returned to his owner to resume civilian life before dying of natural causes in 1955. Yet many would not prove so fortunate. Only 1,500 of the war dogs actually came home. The rest were bought by the government for further service in Germany and destroyed the strays first when their military usefulness was over. Of the 17 dogs cited for the RSPCA for Valor Medal, only three actually ever received it. From 1966 to 1973, approximately 5,000 U.S. war dogs served in the Vietnam War. The U.S. Army did not retain records prior to 1968. About 10,000 U.S. servicemen served as dog handlers during the war, and the canine units are estimated to have saved over 10,000 human lives. 232 military working dogs and 295 U.S. servicemen working as dog handlers were killed in action during the war. It is estimated that about 200 Vietnam War dogs survived the war to be assigned at other U.S. bases outside the U.S. The remaining canines were euthanized or left behind. This is very similar to the story of the Australian Whaler Horses, which you'll find in the archives at 1001 Heroes. In 2011, the United States Navy SEALs used a Belgian Malinois military working dog named Cairo in Operation Neptune Spear, in which Osama bin Laden was killed. Inside the two helicopters on the bin Laden raid were 23 Navy SEALs from Team 6, which is officially known as the Naval Special Warfare Development Group, or DEVGRU, a Pakistani-American translator, and Cairo, a Belgian Malinois, a highly intelligent and fearless breed, 
increasingly used by the military. The two Blackhawks, each of which had two pilots and a crewman from the 160th Special Operations Aviation Regiment, or the Night Stalkers, had been modified to mask heat, noise, and movement, and the copter's exteriors had sharp, flat angles and were covered with radar-dampening skin. Twelve SEALs boarded Hilo 1. Eleven SEALs, a translator, and Cairo boarded Hilo 2. Cairo's role was to help clear the buildings, sniff for bombs and booby traps, search for false walls or hidden doors where bin Laden could be hiding, or to help keep curious neighbors at bay. As it turned out, after one of the helicopters crashed outside the compound's walls, Cairo, a translator named Ahmed, and four SEALs were responsible for closing off the perimeter of the house, while six other SEALs, the contingent that was supposed to have dropped onto the roof, moved inside. For the team patrolling the perimeter, the first 15 minutes passed without incident. Neighbors undoubtedly heard the low-flying helicopters, the sound of one crashing, and the sporadic explosions and gunfire that ensued. But nobody came outside. Eventually, a few curious Pakistanis approached to inquire about the commotion on the other side of the wall. Go back to your houses, Ahmed said in Pashtun, as Cairo and his SEAL team stood watch. The locals went home, none of them suspecting that they had talked to an American. When the squadron commander spoke at the ceremony honoring Cairo and SEAL Team 6, he started by citing all the forward operating bases in eastern Afghanistan that had been named for SEALs killed in combat. Everything we have done for the last 10 years prepared us for this. And Cairo, the brave Belgian Malinois, trained to slide down a rope or parachute 5,000 feet to help protect our troops and country, was there. Today, dogs in military roles are often referred to as police dogs, or in the United States and United Kingdom, as a military working dog, an MWD, or K-9. Their roles are nearly as varied as their ancient cousins, although they tend to be more rarely used in frontline formations. As of 2011, 600 U.S. military dogs were actively participating in the conflicts in Iraq and Afghanistan. Traditionally, the most common breed for these police-type operations has been the German Shepherd. In recent years, there's been a shift to smaller dogs with keener senses of smell for detection work and more resilient breeds such as the Belgian Malinois and Dutch Shepherd for patrolling and law enforcement. All MWDs in use today are paired with a single individual after their training. This person is called a handler. While a handler usually won't stay with one dog for the length of either's career, usually a handler will stay partnered with a dog for at least a year and sometimes much longer. The latest canine tactical vests are outfitted with cameras and durable microphones that allow dogs to relay audio and visual information to their handlers. In the 1970s, the U.S. Air Force used over 1,600 dogs worldwide. Today, personnel cutbacks have reduced USAF dog teams to approximately 530, stationed throughout the world. Many dogs that operate in these roles are trained at Lackland Air Force Base, the only United States facility that currently trains dogs for military use. As partners in everyday military police work, dogs have proven versatile and loyal officers. Police dogs can chase suspects, track them if they're hidden, and guard them when they're caught. They are trained to respond viciously if their handler is attacked and otherwise not to react at all unless they are commanded to do so by their handler. Many police dogs are also trained in detection as well. Both MWDs and their civilian counterparts provide service in drug detection, sniffing out a broad range of psychoactive substances despite efforts at concealment. 
Provided they have been trained to detect it, MWDs can smell small traces of nearly any substance, even if it is in a sealed container. Dogs trained in drug detection are normally used at ports of embarkation, such as airports, checkpoints, and other places where there is high security and a need for anti-contraband measures. Military working dogs continue to serve as sentries, trackers, search and rescue, scouts, and mascots. The number of hero dogs that have lost their lives in service to humanity is beyond counting. Headlines like this one are constant reminders of their sacrifice. The headline reads, Hundreds come to pay their respects at memorial for a hero police dog who was shot and killed protecting officers during a 25-hour standoff. Hundreds gathered on Thursday to say goodbye to a fallen police dog who was shot and killed in the line of duty in Omaha, Nebraska. Cobus, an eight-year veteran with the Omaha Police Department, was killed after being sent into a standoff by officers on January 23rd. Just days before the funeral, Cobus had been presented with the U.S. honor flag, the first police dog ever to receive the honor. Police officer Matt McKinney and his canine officer Cobus worked together for eight years. Cobus was killed in the line of duty, and so a memorial was held Thursday morning to honor his legacy. Hundreds of mourners and police officers came to Christ Community Church in Omaha to remember Cobus. The honor flag is sent around the country as tribute to those who have lost their lives in the line of duty protecting lives, homes, and their country. Canine handlers from across Nebraska came to show Officer Matt McKinney, Cobus's owner, his family, and the department their respect. Cobus, a nine-year-old Belgian Malinois, was scheduled to retire in March. Once he was in the cruiser, he was ready to work every day. I'm really going to miss him, Officer McKinney said. Police dogs are routinely shot, knifed, and beaten in the line of duty. Special vests are available, but rarely in the budget for police departments, which struggle with budget issues on a constant basis. Why this is, and why policemen and women are often found at the bottom of the pay scale, while professional athletes make ridiculous sums of money, I have no clue. But people are stepping forward, as this story from Norfolk's Pilot Online indicates. This happened near my hometown in Virginia just last year. The article reads, Anderson Cooper is pitching in to protect a policeman's best friend. After a police dog named Kreiger was shot and killed on January 11th by a man who barricaded himself in his home during a standoff in Norfolk, Virginia, CNN's Cooper donated his speaking fees from a local lecture to outfit all of the police department's entire canine unit with bulletproof vests. The dog may have survived the shooting had he been wearing a ballistic vest. The money will go to retired Navy SEAL Jimmy Hatch's organization, Spikes Canine Funds, spelled S-P-I-K-E-S-K-9 Fund, named after a dog he lost during combat in Iraq that will purchase bulletproof dog vests for the canine outfit. Hatch had worked with Krieger during his volunteer work with the police department, offering cops tips he learned handling dogs in combat zones. Cooper had interviewed the SEAL in 2009 after he was injured during an Afghanistan mission to rescue Sergeant Bowie Bergdahl, the infamous U.S. Army deserter who was later treated as a valued guest at the White House in the U.S. Capitol by the sitting U.S. President. The CNN host recently saw the Hatch tweet about his canine ballistic vest fundraising effort and decided to donate his entire speaking fee from his forthcoming Norfolk Forum lecture in that Virginia town. Hatch told the Virginian pilot that it was enough money to buy 18 vests, which cost about $2,200 apiece. 
for Norfolk's police department and enough left over to outfit some of the neighboring town's K-9 units, too. And many other people are stepping up to support similar funds to buy vests for police dogs. 1001 Heroes strongly recommends that if you're interested in helping to vest police dogs, that you do a little research on your own and make your own decision as to which organization you wish to fund. Start close to home with a phone call to your local police department. Many police and service dogs are put up for adoption as well. Thank you for joining us today at 1001 Heroes, Legends, Histories, and Mysteries. You can chime in at facebook.com forward slash 1001 Heroes with any feedback you have on charitable organizations that support canine dogs, and I'm sure our fans will appreciate it. And you can also help keep the lights burning another week here at 1001 Heroes by pledging just a few bucks a month at patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash 1001 Heroes, H-E-R-O-E-S. Thank you. We also encourage you to check out our sister show, 1001 Classic Short Stories and Tales, wherever podcasts are found, and enjoy our narrated short stories from writers like Edgar Allan Poe, Guy de Maupassant, Tolstoy, Mark Twain, Jack London, and many others. It's great classic literature, and we pick the stories that you'll find entertaining and enlightening. Until next time, this is your host and storyteller, John Hagedorn, and this is our story.